What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 541 of the Talking Fires podcast and YouTube show. Ben Fadden with you. It is December 19th, 2023. Hopefully everybody is doing well. We're inching closer towards Christmas and people probably being off of work with the holidays and getting a little bit of a break. So again, hopefully you guys are doing well. Uh, the main topic I wanted to hit on on the show today was Ha Sung Kim. And should the Padres trade Ha Sung Kim, maybe some possible fits for Ha Sung Kim? Because I think he he and Jake Cronorth are the two guys now, right? They trade Juan Soto. They trade Trent Grisham. They trade Matt Carpenter. I think that now he's, or they, they traded Scott Barlow as well. I should mention that because that saved the Padres some money. I think that those two are the next possibilities of being dealt to shed more salary and maybe be able to reallocate some of that money elsewhere to make this more of a complete roster. So we're going to get into that. If you have any comments, feel free, leave that in the chat here live on YouTube. If you're watching on replay, please leave them in the comments. You can also at me on social media, Talking Friars on Twitter, Instagram. If you're listening on the podcast platforms and you want to become uh, a part of the conversation, you can subscribe to the YouTube channel, turn on the notifications so you don't miss when I go live, and then you can be a part of the show because I offer every live stream that I do. You can click that link pinned up at the top of the chat if you want to join the show and give your thoughts on whatever you have on your mind about San Diego Padres and today mainly about Ha Sung Kim. So before I get started here, there are no rumors about Ha Sung Kim being dealt, at least that I have seen. There's nothing like, oh, the Padres, they're shopping him. They want to trade Ha Sung Kim. There's nothing that I'm seeing there. I'm just looking at the roster and I'm like, well, let's be realistic. I think it's going to be hard to trade Jake Cronworth. Bogarts isn't going to go anywhere. Jackson Merrill is coming up. Manny's not going anywhere. Tatis isn't going anywhere. There's guys that aren't going anywhere. And the Padres have other options in the middle infield. I'm not saying they're better options, but they have long-term options in the middle infield where it might make sense to deal someone that has one year left of control to go get something that can help you in another part of the roster. right? I don't think Xander Bogarts is going to have as bad of a season as he had this past year. I don't think Jake Cronenworth is going to have as bad of a season as he had this past year. Same goes with Manny Machado. Uh, Fernando Tatis Jr., I think he can contribute more offensively. Like for me, I don't really care where it comes offensively. I care that the offense is good enough. And, you know, there was all this talk about, oh, well, Juan Soto, he's only here for one year. He's not going to come back. So, yeah, deal him. Isn't that kind of the same with Hassan Kim? One year left. I know he's not making over $30 million, so it makes more sense for the Padres to keep Kim, and he's one of the better players on the roster. Soto was as well. They opted to trade him, and guess what? They got back arms. They got back pitching. They got back a backup catcher. They got back parts to help fill needs. Now, they opened up a hole, but we know that they're going to fill that hole with someone that is going to be cheaper than Juan Soto, and it might just be another one-year deal player, but they brought in some impact guys to add to this pitching staff as a whole, and there's Drew Thorpe that could come up at some point in 2024. 
hopefully he can become a three, four starter maybe. I mean, you want more than that, but that's you asked like Jim Callis, who was on the show last week. You ask people like that, and that's probably where they're thinking Drew Thorpe's going to end up. Hopefully he can end up being a guy in the rotation long-term for this Padres team. So I kind of look at it like Soto. I know Kim's not making over $30 million, but he is making seven, and they can shed a little bit of salary there and count. Look, your hope. A lot of it is hope. And you would you could say, well, Ben, you're just hoping that Crony bounces back. You're hoping Bogarts and Manny have better years. You're hoping they stay healthy. You're hoping Tati stays healthy. And yeah, but if Kim was here, guess what? He was really good last year, and they still didn't make the playoffs. Soto was really good last year. They still didn't make the playoffs. Like, they need more of a complete roster. They need more than just a couple of guys to play well. So, like, you're still going to need these other guys to perform regardless of if Kim is on the roster or not. So hopefully you get my point there. And I'm not on the train of trade Hassan Kim regardless. No, you trade Hassan Kim if you can get back what you think he is worth. If you can get back some pieces that can help you in other parts of the roster, yeah, then you make the move, in my opinion, because I think that it does make some sense. There's an argument to keep Hassan Kim. There was... I think less of an argument to keep Juan Soto, but there was still an argument to keep Juan Soto. I think you have a stronger argument to keep Hassan Kim than you do, and then you did for Juan Soto. But I'm interested in seeing what some Padres fans have to say in the chat. Do you want Hassan Kim traded? I mean, I don't want Kim traded, but it I, I, it does make some sense, you know. Um, Hassan Kim, yeah, he's one of the better Padres players on the roster, and you would say, well, Crony's not or at least coming off of this past year, Kim's better. Why would you want to trade Kim over Crony? I'm not necessarily saying that. I'm just saying based on the contracts, probably makes sense to get something back for Ha-Sung Kim, who I don't think is going to be her long-term because of the other long-term contracts that are here. Because Jackson Merrill's coming up and the Padres don't have a plan to trade Jackson Merrill. They want him to be a part of the future. And it's probably best for Merrill to be a part of this Padres future because he's not going to be making much, he's not going to be making much money the first three years of that contract before he hits arbitration. He's one of the better prospects in all of baseball. Like, let's see what this guy can do. Can they develop someone and have him come be a star for the Padres? You know, like, let's see that. And Jake Cronworth is the one that's here long term. Maybe it's best for the Padres to actually, you know, clear up the first base spot, move Jake back to where he's most comfortable, where he will give the most value to the San Diego Padres. He will provide the most value at second base, not at first base. You can bring in a first baseman, maybe a lefty hitter, because you need that. I think you need more of those lefties than righties. It's it's a really righty-heavy lineup right now. And maybe it's, I'm not saying that this first baseman that you bring in is a long-term option, but having Jake Cronenworth at second base could be a better long-term option than having him at first base. And I I think that is. I think anyone that argues, no, Crony at first base is a better long-term option. I don't know what to say. Um, So, you know, you you can't go back and make a decision and say, no, actually not Crony. I want Kim to be extended. It's already happened. People say, no, trade Cronenworth, extend Kim. That's way easier said than done. Kim, he's at his highest value right now. No doubt about that. Is it going to get any higher? I don't know. I think it'll be ho- I think it'll be hard for the value to get any higher. Even if he plays well in 2024, guess what? 
that's less time than he's under control for that team that wants to require him. So I think right now this is that pretty much his highest value at his peak. He just had a career season, keeps getting better. How about deal him while he's like this? And right now he's projected to get what? A Dansby Swanson contract in free agency, $177 million, something like that, maybe 150. I don't know. I mean, his friend Jung-Hoo Lee hasn't played one game in Major League Baseball and just got over $100 million from the San Francisco Giants. You think the Giants would like to have Hassan Kim on their team? I think they would. I'm pretty sure that they would. So I don't see the Padres bringing Kim back long-term because of the other long-term contracts that they have and because Jackson Merrill's coming up. I don't see them moving Merrill to like left field or center field, at least at the start. I think they would try to have him play middle infield. But if Bogarts doesn't want to move, well, that's a problem in itself. But if they want Bogarts to say it's short, you have Crony be at second. Then maybe Merrill can be in the outfield. But even then, like that would be a cheap outfielder that you have, right? You're not paying that person $150 million. And the Padres, they're, they're just not in a spot to give $150 plus million to any player right now. I mean, I don't really care who it is. It just doesn't seem like they're in that spot to do that. So those are my initial thoughts on Ha-Sung Kim and, you know, my thinking of why it might be smart to trade Ha-Sung Kim if they get the right thing back. Like, I want to emphasize that. I'm not just trading Ha-Sung Kim to trade Ha-Sung Kim. I'm trading him if you can get the right package back to help you now and in the future. I want some controllable guys that you're getting back, not just a one-year guy. And a little bit later, I will go through some of the fits here potentially teams that might want to have someone like Hassan Kim on their roster. If they trade Hassan Kim, that gets the CBT down to that luxury tax number to like 198.2. I think it's around 205 right now. And that would give the Padres around $38 million to spend minus whatever players they get back in a deal. But I assure you, the players that they get back in a deal for Hassan Kim will not be making $7 million. I think that they will be making less than that. I think the Padres would want to trade Kim in an effort to create some more flexibility and acquire some guys that aren't making much money, but they're uh, they're under control. They can help the big league club right now. And so I'll get to that here in a little bit. Hassan Kim, obviously, coming off of his best season yet, as I mentioned a few moments ago. Best position player on the Padres in war, 5.8, according to baseball reference this past season. Career highs in games with 152, home runs, 17, RBI, 60, average, 260 on base percentage, 351, slugging percentage, 398, OPS, 749, and OPS plus 110. He won the utility gold glove. He was a finalist for the gold glove at second base. I believe that went to Nico Horner. So you might be like, Ben, you're you're just listing a bunch of stats and you're backing up why Asung Kim could or should be on the Padres in 2024. What about the Korea series? Well, first off, the Padres, you should not be making a decision based off of two games. Oh, Ha-Sung Kim is already promoting the Korea series. Great. You make the decision that is best for your club long-term in 2024 and beyond, not just, oh, let's not trade Kim so that he can be there for the Korea series. Guess what? It's going to be sold out both games if it's not sold out already. That's turning into like the... Otani series, if we're being honest. I know Otani's not from Korea. He's from Japan. But come on. 
all the all of the audience will be tuning in for Shohei Otani. At least the 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 global audience, I would say, the national audience, they're going to be tuning in at 3 a.m. on the West Coast because it's Shohei Otani's first game as a Dodger. Not necessarily because oh, let's watch Ha Sung Kim play where he used to play in Korea. Padres fans, yeah, like us Padres fans, we're going to be excited for that. And we just want to go beat the Dodgers and shut those fans up, you know, at least temporarily for the first couple of games. But you don't tr- you don't keep Hassan Kim just so he can play the first couple of games in Korea. You know, it sucks, but, you know, it is a business. You got to do what's best for your franchise. And those stats that I just named off, like that's part of my reasoning why if you get the right return, why you do deal him. Because he's coming off of that best year. He's I don't think he's coming back long term for this Padres team. So this is like a Juan, this is Juan Soto light, where Juan Soto, better player or better offensive player, right? Making 30 plus million dollars. Ha Sung Kim's only seven, but both were here one year. Didn't seem like they're gonna come back long term. You, you're selling them pretty high value. You can get back impactful pieces. You have a lot of holes on this roster, not a whole lot of money to work with. Guess what? Acquiring players via trade can help you stay under that number that you don't want to go over while acquiring some impactful big league pieces. So that's what I've got on that. Bogart's 10 years left, Cronenworth seven years, Merrill top 10 prospect. He'll have six years when he comes up. Like there's just other middle infield options. I don't feel like they need to keep us on Kim if they get the right uh, package offer back in return in this deal. All right, quick break. I'm going to get to the chat, obviously, here in a little bit. Super Chats, jump to the front of the line, supports the channel, so I definitely appreciate anyone that is generous enough during this holiday season to take the time to do that. Quick break, and then I will get into some of the possible teams that might be interested in someone like Hassan Kim. I want to tell you about the best and easiest way to play fantasy sports. It's Underdog Fantasy. They have great pick'em games and best ball tournaments. In pickup games, just pick higher or lower on two to five players' stats, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. You can go cross-team, cross-league, and even cross-sport. Best ball revolves around the draft, which is what every fan loves the most about fantasy, and it eliminates the hassle of having to manage your roster all season long, resulting in a fun and easy fantasy product. How does it work exactly? You enter a contest where you participate in a snake draft against other users. That lineup that you drafted competes against every other draft in the entire contest. The better the combined performance of your team, the more money you win. After your lineup is all played, Underdog will take the best performing players and automatically set them as your starting lineup. That's it. No waivers, no trades, no worrying about who to start or sit. After you complete your draft, your part is done. Underdog Fantasy offers best ball in a variety of ways, including daily contests, weekly contests, playoff contests, and season-long contests. You can either enter into these and compete against thousands of other entrants for huge prizes, or if you'd like, you can enter into a private draft with friends and family to compete for a smaller prize pool. Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. Sign up now by clicking the link in the description or by using the promo code TALKINGFRIERS and you'll double your first deposit up to $100 in bonus cash when you make your first deposit of $10 or more. 
So if you deposit $100, you get $100 free. If you deposit $10, you get $10 free. All right, before I get to some of the teams, I did just see this come across on Twitter. I'm not even going to attempt to like pronounce this Twitter username because I think it's in Korean, but it's at Yamada Sanspo. I guess I should have said I'm not going to try to pronounce the name of the Twitter, uh, but the, the handle at Yamada Sanspo says Yuki Matsui, a left-handed reliever from the Rakuten Golden Eagles in the Nippon Professional Baseball League is close to signing with the Padres pending a physical. Sources confirmed the Shanghai Sports. I've never heard of that. It's not a U.S. outlet, obviously. But Yuki Matsui, if that is true, close to signing with the Padres. He had a 1.57 ERA this past year. He's not a starter. He's a reliever. I think he would probably qualify as one of the, maybe, maybe, I don't know. I'm not going to act like I know really anything about this guy. Maybe he would qualify as one of the higher leverage relievers. 192 ERA the year prior to that had a .63 ERA in 2021. So yeah, seems like a really good reliever, but that is in the Nippon Professional Baseball League, I think. It says here Japan, Japan Pacific League. I don't know if that's uh, it's probably the same league, just a different name. But coming out of Japan. And he has good numbers, but I'm not going to act like I know anything about him. So I guess I'll just move on from that. I just wanted to, you know, put that out there. And if it comes to fruition, I will have more information on him as I dig more in and actually watch some video. But I have not gone deep into him, so I'm not going to speak too much on that. All right. Some teams that may be interested in Hasung Kim. Some teams might not be the best fit in terms of what the Padres might want back. But these are just some teams that stuck out. I did this same thing with Jake Cronenworth a little bit of a little bit ago, so you can go catch that episode if you missed out on that. The first team I'm going to mention, and these are not ranked. These are just looking up the teams in each division and just going through it that way. The Tampa Bay Rays, they don't have Wander Franco at shortstop. They're obviously always looking to contend, and it's only one year. It's not a huge contract. They have Junior Camonero, though, that I think can play shortstop. He can play, I think, some other positions. So don't know if it's the best fit, but I do know that they don't have Wander Franco. And it seems like the Rays always have pitching, but maybe be careful trading with the Rays. But what I've also said about the Rays is, well, look at the Blake Snell deal. Look at the Tommy Pham, Jake Cronenworth. Like, what what came out of those deals? Like Luis Patino, we thought was like the big guy, right? And what happened, what has happened with him with the Tampa Bay Rays? Is he on the Rays anymore? I don't even know. Luis Patino, let's see here. He might be on another team. Look it up his baseball reference here. He's with the White Sox now. Okay. So, you know, prospects are prospects until they prove it at the big league level, right? Um, so, you know, maybe the Rays will go with the Padres thing and be like, no, we'll trade for Awesome Kim. We're trying to win here. It's not a lot of money. We're trying to contend each and every year. We just traded Tyler Glass now, but, you know, we can still improve our offense, improve our defense here with this move. So 
maybe the Rays, the Milwaukee Brewers, Willie Adamas could be dealt. There's Bryce Terang at second base. I think they want to try to keep playing him. Willie Adamas, I don't think he has a ton of years left of control. So if they deal Willie Adamas to another team, then maybe that opens up a spot definitely for Hassan Kim, and that would only be one year. The Milwaukee Brewers are not a team that locks down guys to these big contracts for the most part. If they do, it's like Christian Yelich when they have to do it, coming off of like MVP seasons. Uh, or they give a contract to a guy that's never played in the big leagues before who's like their their top prospect, right, in uh, I think Jackson Churio. So I believe he is not a shortstop. So Hassan Kim, I'm um, looking maybe – if a move happens, maybe he becomes a fit with the Milwaukee Brewers. The Boston Red Sox, they have Emmanuel Valdez at second base. Kim can play short and second, so I think it kind of opens up some of the suitors. Second base, I, I think I listed the Red Sox maybe as a possible team with Crony as well. Crony has a no-trade list, though, and I, I don't really know. Trevor Story, I think he's going to be healthy to start the year. He's at shortstop, but I guess he could shift over to second base if they think that's the strongest. But Kim was really good at second base this past year. So if they want an upgrade at second base, maybe a bridge waiting for Marcelo Mayer, maybe Hassan Kim is an option there at one year, seven mil, because that's what you're trading for is one year, $7 million. And let's face it, teams are not getting Hassan Kim at one year, $7 million on the open market, right? So there is a little bit of a sacrifice, right? You, you get Kim for only 7 mil, but you do have to give up something, but you don't have to spend $150 million on Kim right now. You can, you know, postpone that decision a little bit. The Miami Marlins, they have John Birdie at shortstop. Kim obviously can play shortstop. They have Luisa Rice, I think, slotted in at second base. Either there or no, I think Josh Bell's at first base. So... I guess that's a possibility. Hassan Kim obviously is an upgrade over John Birdie at shortstop. They do have, I think, a prospect who can play other infield positions as well. Maybe he would play shortstop. So maybe it's not the best fit. Maybe the Marlins are like, no, we don't want to give up pitching when we're playing in the National League East. We're probably not going to go win the World Series this year. Kim, we're not going to go give him a ton of money. Maybe not the best fit there, but in terms of like who needs middle infield right now and who maybe could use them. I mean, the Marlins, Skip Schumacher, they did make the postseason this past year. Skip, I believe he has a little bit of a history with Hassan Kim because, or was he on the coaching staff in 2021? He might have been. Because that was Kim's, was that Kim's first year? Yeah, that was Kim's first year with the Padres, I believe, because he was playing short during the Musgrove no-hitter. I do remember that. Yeah, because four-year deal, 21, 2, 22, 23, 24. So, yeah, I forget when Skip left. But the Marlins, John Birdie, shortstop, you could do better. San Francisco Giants are definitely a fit. They could move Luciano, who is, I think, one of their top prospects. They can move him over to third. And I believe one of the Giants riders was on Ben and Woods recently. And pretty much said that Luciano probably profiles better as a third baseman over a shortstop. They missed out on Carlos Correa, obviously, so they were in the for a long-term shortstop, and Brandon Crawford, I believe, was willing to move, or maybe not willing, but pretty much had to move over to another, to, I think, third base if Carlos Correa would have signed with the Giants before that whole physical thing happened. 
and Jung-Hoo Lee just signed with the San Francisco Giants on a long-term deal. Lee and Kim are like best friends. Bob Melvin has managed Ha Sung Kim. Like, that seems like a fit. You know, Tyler Glass now was just traded from the race to the Dodgers and then signed an extension. I don't think the Padres want to give Ha Sung Kim to an NLS team, but I could see something taking away the NLS part where it's like, yeah, Padres agree to a trade, and that trade for the other team's sake is contingent on him signing an extension for 150 whatever, and the Giants or another team could have their long-term shortstop or second baseman, you know, if they want to do it that way. If that's the case, then the Padres could get more back, like the Rays got more back for Tyler Glasnow because Glasnow had that extension with the Dodgers, right? So maybe that's something there. But yeah, the Giants, they they need more star power. I'm not saying Hassan Kim's the biggest superstar, but having Lee and Kim on the same team, you would be Korea's team for sure if you're the San Francisco Giants. So I don't I don't know if that's the smartest thing for the Padres to trade Hassan Kim to the Giants. But I'm just saying that's in ter- in terms of teams needing middle infield, the Giants fit that. The Seattle Mariners, just like Jay Cronenworth, as I listed, you know, the Seattle Mariners, they're not a team that's big on the long-term deals either, but you could have an upgrade over Josh Rojas at second base. You have J.P. Crawford at short. Crawford and Kim as the middle infield combo. The Mariners have that young pitching that they can give to the Padres, and it's one year of Kim. So the Mariners could be like, well, we don't have to give up a ton of the young pitching. Maybe we give up one of them. And then we give up a reliever or if the Padres sign someone like Matsui here, then maybe the Padres only want a young starting pitcher and then they want a prospect on top of that. You know, Um, I think the Padres, though, one year of Kim, like Kim's a valuable player. So you want to maximize that value that you get back for sure. The Marlins, like I mentioned, like. A hypothetical deal, what would be enough? I'm just throwing this out. I don't know if it would be enough. But Trevor Rogers, let's say, who is making only a million dollars, and A.J. Puck, who would be a reliever, add to the bullpen, could be a high-leverage guy. Maybe he'd have to earn that spot in there. But he's one of the better, I would say, Marlins relievers. He's making $1.2 million this next season, at least projected to make that, right? Rodgers, three years of control, Puck, three years of control, and just toss on Kim, trade to the Miami Marlins, and you get back a starter, you get back an arm, another arm that you can put into your bullpen. A.J. Preller has said they want relief help, they want rotation help, and that fits that. And those aren't just one-year guys, those are controllable arms. Edward Cabrera, Jesus Lazardo, I don't know how realistic those guys are, but I'm just throwing out names that you'd be able to shed some money, create more flexibility. Padres love that word, flexibility, financial flexibility. Now, obviously, the question is, are you going to go spend that on other parts of the roster? But you create more of that flexibility like they did with the Carpenter Carpenter deal. Not saying Kim is a salary dump. Definitely not. That's not what this is. But I'm just saying, more flexibility, and you can get back pieces that can help you. It's one year of Kim. It's not three, so you're not looking at like the top prospects in a farm system, I wouldn't imagine. Uh, but deals like that, you know, what teams have the starting pitching that the Padres want? I know Tanner Houck has been floated out there. He was, I think, last offseason. 
Kim to the Red Sox for someone like Tanner Houck. I think you need more than that if you're the Padres. Like, again, don't trade us on Kim just for anything. But if you can get the right offer and you get pieces that can, you know, fill some other holes, this, to me, this isn't like a huge situation where Soto, you created a massive hole in left field. You don't have a left fielder. If you trade Hassan Kim, you have a second baseman. Now, you need to go get a first baseman, but you have a second baseman in Jake Cronenworth that you can, you know, put him back into a position that he's more valuable at. You know, where at left field right now with Juan Soto, there's no one that you're placing in left field that, oh, they, they have more value there in left field, you know. Jerks and Profar is a free agent. Like, it's not like he's on the Padres. And don't try to compare Jerks and Profar and Juan Soto together, right? Um, so, yeah, those are some possible teams. If you have some other teams, feel free to let me know those teams in the comments. Ha-Sung Kim. Again, there's no rumors of him being dealt, but I'm just, I think, just like some other Padres fans are, saying, okay, who's next? Jake Cronenworth? Okay, it's easier said than done. This is a guy that, will have a bounce back here in my opinion. I believe in that strongly. He's better at short at second base and shortstop really. But he's better at second base than he is at first base value wise. You can open up that spot, go get someone that's a lefty bat that can give some power there at first base. Asung Kim, he's not going to be here long term at least right now financial wise. I just don't see that. Guys that are coming up in the system, I just don't see it. And let's go get some guys that if you get the right return, again, if you get the right return, go get some guys that will fill some other parts of this roster. And there's some, they're, they're controllable names as well. And you can create some more financial flexibility to go spend on some other parts of the roster. That's how I'm looking at this. All right, let's go to the comments here. I'm sure that there's a lot of passionate Padres fans about this. Thank you all for joining me here on this, what, Tuesday? Tuesday morning, December 19th. We are less than a week away from Christmas. Hopefully everybody is doing well. Let's start with Julian619 says, we just traded Soto. Now why in the hell would we do this? There's still Cronenworth, Kim. There's still Cronenworth. Kim is too valuable on our team. So you're looking at it at the viewpoint of, we just traded one of the better hitters on the team, the best hitter on the team. You want to trade one of the other better hitters on this team. Like, what are you doing? And I totally understand that. I think there's a stronger case, like I said earlier, I think there's a stronger case to keep Pa Sung Kim than there was to keep Juan Soto. Just based on the money, you know, like seven mil the Padres, yeah, that's that's fine. But 30 plus million dollars, like they needed that flexibility. And, you know, you're not giving Juan Soto $500 million. They never got to an extension offer at least according to, I think, uh, Dennis Lynn in The Athletic. I want to say he, maybe it was A.J. Perler that like flat out hinted at that when he was asked by, I think, a member of the media at the winter meetings uh, after that Soto trade went down. Like, did you offer Juan Soto an extension? And I think he essentially said, yeah, we didn't really get to that point, which kind of sucks, but... Not surprising, based on where they're at financially, you're not going to go offer Juan Soto an extension and, oh, what if he takes it? And then you're screwed even more, you know? Uh, but yeah, it's a valid point. Yeah, like Hassan Kim, he's really valuable to this team. But also the case to trade Hassan Kim is looking at it like, 
yeah, he's valuable to this team, just like Soto is valuable to this team. But there's value that you can put in those positions that he was at. And you could go get some other guys that are better suited for other positions. And you're not going to get this guy here long term. So you can get pieces back that are going to be controllable here for past 2024 and can help you in 2024. I guess that's the way that I'm looking at it. Mark says, if AJ doesn't plan to extend Hassan Kim, then absolutely get what you can for him, even if it's a top slash decent prospect or two. I saw slash read somewhere that Hassan Kim's value may be at 75 mil after he's a free agent, but I don't know. I think it's more than that. I mean, if you go look at Dansby Swanson and you compare him to Hassan Kim before Swanson signed with the Cubs, like going into that offseason, and Swanson was able to ink $177 million from Chicago Cubs. Jung-Hoo Lee hasn't played in the big leagues, and what did he just get? 113 from the Giants? Like, There's a team that's going to give Hassan Kim what he wants, I think, more, more than 75. Dansby Swanson was coming off of a year where he hit 248 with a 99 OPS+. Hassan Kim's coming off of a year where he hit 260 with a 110 OPS plus, one a utility gold glove, plays every day just like Dansby was going into that contract year. Or excuse, excuse me, sorry, sorry, sorry. My bad. That was the year before Dansby was a free agent. Dansby was coming off of an all-star year, won 162 games, 277 average, 114 OPS plus. So pretty similar year, I believe, Dansby's walk year. That Kim just had. Now, Kim's not in his walk year. Kim's walk year is this next season. He wasn't in his walk year this past year, but we can't predict what he's going to do this next year. So what we can do is compare what he did this past year to Dansby's walk year. And yeah, so Dansby, 277, 329, 447. Batting average on base percentage, slugging. And Kim was... 260, 351, and 398. So a little bit better, you know, power-wise from Dansby. So, you know, Kim might get a little bit less than Dansby got, but it's going to be more than 75 mil. I'd be surprised if it was 75 mil only. Jung-Hoo Lee's going to get more than Hassan Kim when Kim's played at the big league level and he keeps getting better. I don't see that happening. Tim. Says short answer, no. You trade someone like Kim after trading Soto, then we're way less competitive and in the midst of a rebuild. This roster can still be competitive, just need decent starting pitching and an outfielder. What if the Padres got decent starting pitching back in the Kim deal? Cronenworth has a better year playing in a position that he's more valuable at. They have some room to go get a first baseman who has more power and is a lefty bat. Bogarts bounces back. Manny can be healthy and be better. Tatis coming off of a full offseason. Who knows what they do outfield-wise with those additions? What if that happens? And maybe you can compensate a little bit for losing Hassan Kim on offense. Because Crony, I think he's pretty darn good playing second base. And Bogarts is not bad. Kim's better, but Bogarts is not bad playing shortstop. And who knows what position Merrill will play when he comes up and what impact he will provide to this Padres team. So, I don't view it as, okay, they lose Ha-Sung Kim, they're rebuilding. I kind of view it the same, depending on the return, obviously, but you know, I didn't view it as, okay, they traded Soto, they're rebuilding. I just viewed it as it was going to happen. I like the return that they got back. 
We'll see what they can do with the flexibility that they got from dealing Soto and dealing Trent Grisham. Let's see what they do. I like the arms that they got back. These are controllable guys. These are some guys that can start in the rotation. You needed bullpen help. Here's a couple of arms. You needed a backup catcher. He's one of the better backup catchers in the league. He's played a while in the big leagues. He's caught perfect game, no hitter. Like, seems like a really good dude. Okay. So with Kim, it's kind of like, okay, let's wait for the return. But even without Kim, I still think that there's a lot of talent on this team. And then I want to see what other moves the Padres make. And then I'll be like, then I guess we'll further judge and be able to judge, okay, are they a contender or not? Is this more of a step back here? I think fans already think this is a step back here, but they can still contend with it being a step back here on paper. You know, it was an all-in year on paper last year, and look what happened, right? It's baseball, so you never really know. But there's still talent on this team if Kim's on it or not. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, AJ should extend Kim, Frieza117 says. But that's not realistic in my opinion. Like, I'm trying to, you know, be in the world of real, realistic possibilities. Realism. Is realism a word? I'm trying to live in that world. And extending Kim is not realistic in my opinion. David says, Head would say yes to take advantage of his value, but Heart says no. That's where kind of I stand on this. Yeah. Where like Head says yes high value, but no, I love Ha-Sung Kim. I love that he played. I, I want more Ha-Sung Kims on the Padres in terms of guys that run out every ball. They play super hard. They love the fan base. They want to play every day. Like, I love that for sure. But the front office can't be thinking with their heart. Tyler says, if the Padres trade Kim, the whole city of San Diego will riot and ask for AJ's head. Isn't a lot of San Diego already asking for AJ's head? So what's new there? Right? And I've seen people on, whether it's the YouTube comments or social media, I forget. But some people were like, if they trade Kim, Padre fans aren't going to go to the games anymore. Oh, stop. Really? Padre fans are going to stop going to the games? The Padres know they're going to go. Is the attendance going to be as good as it was this past year? I'm not so sure about that. I think Padre fans might be saying, hey, prove that you're a good team. I'm not going to spend a ton of money on a team that misses the postseason. And they're lowering payroll. No, you got to prove it. And then I'll go. So I don't know if the attendance is going to be as good, but a bunch of fans are still going to show up at the Petco Park. I would guarantee there's going to be plenty of sellouts, maybe not as many as this past year, but there's going to be a lot of sellouts. There's going to be a lot of fans at the ballpark for sure. You trade one player, Hassan Kim, who's one year of control. This isn't Fernando Tatis Jr. who's here long term, you know, where you told where you're telling the fan base, here's her, he's here long term. He's a padre for life. He's not going anywhere. That's not that. And then you trade him. This is not, yeah. Hassan Kim, it's one year. I get it. He's a fan favorite, but there's other players on this team that are fan favorites. There's other players that can become fan favorites that get acquired, that come in. There's prospects that can become fan favorites. Like 
Padres fans, yeah, it, it'll suck, but we'll get over it. You know, it's at the end of the day, they got to do what's best for the organization, not do what's best for Padre fans' feelings for one year of Kasan Kim when he's probably not going to sign back long term. Um, Gabriel says, we lost Snell, Hader, and Soto. We should not risk Kim. Well, guess what? They lost Snell and Hader because they didn't do anything. They didn't trade them. They were going to lose them anyway, and they didn't trade them before the deadline to get something back. That should, like, be a lesson to, you know, they traded Soto, they get something back. You trade Kim, you get something back. That should be the lesson to why you do deal some of these guys that you know not coming back long-term. That's what I would say to that, Gabriel. Como says, Kim should definitely be traded for a pitcher or an outfielder, heck, even a DH. We can't deal Crone with his contract, and second base is his position. Yeah, that, that definitely that second part. I don't know if I would trade Kim for a DH, but I get what you're saying. Like, you know, get him back for something that can help in another spot. Kim, second base is, or excuse me, Crony, second base is his position. And he's here long term. We can say all we want, trade Jay Cronoworth. Kim's the better player, extend Jay Cronoworth, but that's way easier said than done. <laughs> um, you can't change what has already happened, right? The Padres, all they can do is make best of what the situation that they're in. And if you get the right return, making best of the situation that they're in might include dealing Hassan Kim, moving Crony back to second base, and you know, bringing in more arms or whatever it is that they get back and opening up that first base position. Yeah, Kim's going to cost at least, right? Yeah, what's how much would Kim, what's Kim's age right now? Like 30-something, 20? Oh, of course, I look up, I just looked up, I don't know why I did this. I Googled Kim's age, and it term, and comes up with Kim Kardashian's age. No, the actual Kim. The Kim we care about. Ha-Sung Kim's age. 28. Yeah, so in his prime, I mean, Lee, Jung-Hoo Lee just got, what, 113 over seven years or six years? What is it? If it's seven, it's 16 mil a year. Yeah, Kim's going to get that for sure. Padres aren't doing that. Especially when you have Merrill coming up. Now, if you trade Merrill and you can trade Cronor somehow, like I guess, you know, that opens it up. But we got a deal in reality, and I don't see that happening. Either of those two things happening. Red Devil NC says every team needs a fan favorite who contributes yet isn't a superstar. Kim is our guy, so it would be great to keep him. Yeah, sure. It would be great to keep him. But there's other guys that could emerge that aren't superstars, but we consider them to be our guy, you know? What if Crony has a really good 2024? He's our guy, right? If Tatis has a really good 24, I know he's not a, I know he is a superstar, but he's still our guy. What if Camposano has a really good year? Like that, we consider him our guy, right? Like there's other guys. What if Merrill comes up and maybe it's not 2024, but 2025, he starts having this great, rookie contract with the Padre. That's our guy. Like, there's other guys. My point is, other guys can come in and be our guy, you know? Yeah, it sucks. It sucks that this is the position the Padres are in, but this is the position that they're in. Yeah, so if you missed this on social media, I guess the Padres, according to a report, 
they're close to signing Yuki Matsui, but until that's like official or real reports come in, I don't, I don't, I don't want to make it seem like this is a fake report. I don't know who this is that's reporting this. It's not an American like traditional outlet. It's not AC or Lynn or Passan or Rosenthal or Heyman or any of these guys. So I'm just saying, I'm just giving you the information. Yeah, they're close, you know, according to this person's report. And he would be, it seems like, an impact reliever to this Padres team. So, yeah, I would welcome it. I don't know how long of a contract it would be, what the terms would, would be. I'm not even going to get down that road because I, I just don't know. I'm not going to act like I know. You know, I, I like being honest here with my audience. So if I don't know, I don't know. Um, let's see. Carl says, we should not trade Kim. Kim is super valuable because he is very good defensively, not terrible offensively. Why are we getting rid of him? Uh, I'm not saying we are getting rid of him. Rid of him. I'm just saying, like, maybe if this is, a, should he get traded? If they get back the right return, should he be dealt? We're not getting rid of him. There's no reports out there that the Padres are shopping him or anything like that. I'm just bringing it up because he's one of the next guys that I look at on, on this roster that maybe might make some sense to deal. That's all. And no, he's not terrible offensively. He keeps getting better, actually, offensively. I just look at the contract, not coming back long term, other guys that can play middle infield, guys that are out of position that could go back to middle infield where they're more valuable. I'm looking at it that way. Um, Red Devil NC, don't trade our top prospects. Yeah, they might have to, though. Not Salas or Merrill, but or, or Snelling, but Lesko, let's say, for like a top starting pitcher, might have to do that. I guess it depends on the on the guy. I said yes to Dylan Cease because it's a couple years, not just one year. Padres' financial situation might look different in a couple years where they could have Dylan Cease long-term. And if they don't, well, they had him for two years where you're trying to win right now. At least I hope the Padres are. And you could have Iriarte, Mazur, or one of them if you have to trade one of them in that deal. Okay, maybe you have to do that too. But hopefully Snelling can be impactful. You can make other trades. I don't think it would be the end of the world. You want Lesko here long-term, sure, but I don't think it's the end of the world if you have to deal him for two years of, of Dylan Cease. Uh, Como says, we have too many middle infield players and lots of needs elsewhere. Jackson Merrill is a year away. It's the logical thing to do. Fan needs to stop being emotional and start being rational. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think with my brain here, and that's what Como's thinking here, too. Yeah, Caesar, I don't even think it's 80. I think it's 100-plus what Hassan Kim's going to get in free agency. Unless he, like, falls on his face in 2024, but I don't really anticipate that happening. David, this is an interesting comment. Trade Kim to the Giants for Lee straight up. Yeah, no. The Padres didn't want to give him $100-plus plus million so yeah, you're not doing that. And the Giants wouldn't do that either. You're, you're probably joking, but yeah, no. Kenneth says Kim is the face of the Padres. I disagree with that. He's a fan favorite. You could say he's one of them, but he's not the face of the Padres. In Korea, yeah, but he's not the face of the Padres. I think if you go ask Padres fans, is Hassan Kim the first person that you think of? You think of Manny, you think of Tatis, you think of Musgrove. I think that's who you think of, at least before Hassan Kim. 
I don't want to make it seem like I'm just crapping all over Hassan Kim. Like, Hassan Kim's a great player. I'm just trying to take my emotion out of it and think with my head on this. Even if, even if he was the face of the Padres. Like, you thought of Soto before you thought of Hassan Kim, I think. At least, maybe not dire Padres fans and some that love Hassan Kim, you think of that player before Ron Soto. But, like, when Soto was here, even if he was here for one year, like, Soto's a superstar. You know, you think of uh, Tatis, Manny, Bogart, Soto. At least I think most people, you think of the big the big four, at least nationally. And then you go to like Musgrove, Darvish, Kim, Cronoworth. That's who you go to, in my opinion. Could be wrong, but that's what I I don't think Kim is the face of the Padres. And if he was, then wouldn't the Padres have uh, made sure he was extended long-term and not Jake Cronoworth? Hilton says, if Kim is gone, I'm done with the Padres at this point. So, yeah, here's this thought of I'm done with the Padres if they trade Kim. I, I just don't think you will be. You might be, but I think plenty of fans say that. And then when it happens, they're like, oh, this sucks. But, you know, you're still the, a Padres fan. That's that's still your team. You know, baseball, I feel like more, especially if you grow up in that city and stuff, like regardless of where what players you have, you're like, that's your team where maybe there's some other sports where there's people that follow LeBron wherever he goes, or with soccer, maybe you follow um, a player wherever they go, or NFL, you're, you're a big fan of this one player, so you're, in, in extension, you're a fan of that team. Uh, there's not a ton of movement in, in the NFL compared to like Major League Baseball, but I feel like there's other leagues where you're, you might be more of a fan of a player. Like I have fans of players that aren't on the Padres, obviously, um, but you always stick with the Padres, like regardless of what is happening, it could be 2017. You're still a Padres fan, right? So I think it's easy for fans to say that, but I, I doubt that most fans will actually leave and be done with the Padres. If they trade a guy that's on a one-year contract, that's not going to come back long-term and they could get back pieces that can help in other spots on the roster this year. And there's some other guys that could come up and help this team that are, you know, top prospects in the system. There's a guy that's not a first baseman that can move over and play second base and provide more value to the team than he did this past season. I don't think you're going to be done with the Padres because they trade us on Kim. Like, were, were fans done with the Padres because they traded Juan Soto? I think some fans are pissed at the Padres, but they're not done with the Padres. Jay says, why would they trade Kim? He's the heart of the team. Well, like I've, for the reasons that I've said already in this show, and there's other hearts of the team. You know, like I think Musgrove is one of the hearts of the team. I think whether people like Cronenworth or not, like I think he's one of the hearts of the team. He's one of the leaders of the team. Uh, Manny, heart of the team, I think that's hard to say. He's the leader of the team. And I think some fans would like him to you know, be more a heart of the team um, and, you know, lead better by example with some of the stuff, not just showing up and playing every day, but by some of the other stuff. But regardless of if he's a heart at the heart of the team or not, like that's that goes back to your, your thinking with your heart, not thinking with your head. You know, uh, I see John. He wants to come in. John, what's up, my man? How's it going? 
Not that much. I should be writing an essay right now, but um, then I saw you were on and I was like, well, you know what? I got an opinion to say about Hassan Kim. appreciate that. No problem. Yeah, no, I'd much rather be talking or, uh, Padres than politics right now. So, uh, you know, it is what it is. Um, yeah, I, uh, I'm i firmly in the camp that if uh, AJ Preller sells Hassan Kim, we riot. Um, I want his head and that's that's that. But we already uh, don't, don't a lot of well, no, I shouldn't say we. I'm a fan of I I'm, I'm a fan of AJ, but I also think that he's gotten too many shots. If that makes sense, like he, he's oh. I I understand the position that he's in, and yeah. I like some of the moves that he's made. He's made some bad moves as well. Yeah, some of the experiences that we have had in the past, we wouldn't have experienced. I think if AJ wasn't the GM. So I have some, you know, thinking with my heart, some feelings for AJ, but at the same time, thinking with my head. Yeah, should you know too many chances probably, but we don't have a chance. We or we don't have a, a choice, I should say, with this. Like he's the guy, um, and yeah, I think that yeah, if we riot if Kim's gone. Like yeah, they'll be outraged on social media, and but you know the Padres, they're still your team, and you're still going to support them, and the Padres know that. Listen, I could have I moved up to the San Francisco Bay Area when I in 2014, and I got to see what a town really uh rallies behind a team and the parade and everything like that and boy oh boy was i jealous and you know what it's it's a very tantalizing thing to to ditch your team but you know what you gotta stick with your team you know that's that's what you that's what you are i mean i grew up a padre fan and no way am i going to change that but regardless of what happens or whoever is the gm i mean the team will still be the team no matter what um but i think uh in terms of hasan kim um I think it does make sense to trade him, unfortunately, as the case may be, um, because quite frankly, uh, AJ Preller has already made his bat has already made his wish that they want Jake Cronenworth. Um, they signed him to a long-term deal, got him for cheap. And that's unfortunately the truth. Um, and Hassan Kim can provide a lot more value. Like you said, it's one sort of light basically where he can provide some sort of value in the short term, possibly long term, um, as well. Um, that being said, I, I kind of want to touch upon the fact that Hassan Kim is valuable on a business standpoint for the Padres as well, um, because San Diego, while it is a small market team, there is opportunity for Hassan Kim to bring in more people into the market, i.e. Korea, essentially. So, um, you know, obviously, Shohei Otani is the big guy. I would not be surprised if we're going to see a lot of Otani. Um uh jerseys in korea i wouldn't be surprised uh i hope to go there actually that's the big plan for me um uh, but we i think at the end of the day there is that distinction between japanese and korean players and stuff like that and i think hasan kim does provide a certain business value to the padres organization of expanding their market uh beyond yeah what i would say to that is wouldn't the Korean fans have already jumped on the Padres already? Because Kim's been here for three years. Possibly. Um, and, but I mean, and with Kim, here's another point before I let you go. With uh with Kim, the Padres, they didn't win last year. They tried to they needed to take out a 50 plus million dollar loan. Like just because Kim's on the team doesn't mean that they're sure they're bringing in money from the Korean fan base, I'm sure, and from ads and stuff, but that doesn't mean that. Oh, they're in a great position financially because they have Hassan Kim on their team for one year. Like we can't come. I'm not saying you are, but 
just to, to the audience, we can't compare Hasan Kim to like Shohei Otani's popularity. Where with Otani, okay, you keep him on the team for one year. I think the Angels should have traded him, but you keep him on the team because of how much money you're getting from Otani. With Kim, it's nowhere near that, in my opinion. I don't know the numbers, but it's not anywhere near that in terms of like the marketing money that you're getting. So I, I'm just looking at it from my brain perspective, not with my heart. Like I love watching Hasan Kim. I love how much he hustles and all that. But if you get the right return, I just think it makes sense. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, given the, given the circumstances of the Padres, I think there definitely is a uh, upside to trading Hassan Kim. I mean, the infield is very much um, packed right now. And Hassan Kim, thankfully, can is a utility player that could be fit into any sort of offense or, or excuse me, defense um, across a lot of different teams, um, the Giants being one of them, I think. Um, but um, again, I think to that point, yeah, it may not be substantial, but I imagine there is a significant change or there is a, a, a significant amount of money coming from Korea in order for the Padres to make it worth their while to keep Hassan Kim in a way. You know, I, I don't think, you, yeah, it may not be to the significance of Shohei Otani. I mean, that guy's a superstar in most, probably most of Asia, but um, I imagine there is some sort of value to having Hassan Kim on your team that expands your market beyond San Diego. And I think it's definitely worthwhile considering um, that also they're going to a Korea. You know what I mean? I wonder why the MLB decided for the Dodgers and the Padres to go to Korea. You know, I mean, I think there's, I, mean, I think the MLB definitely sees some sort of market value to having their Korean player play on an American team in Korea. You know, it's much like Ichiro Suzuki going to, you know, Japan and playing playing yep. there so you know there is I, I i i wouldn't discount his business value uh per se is what i'm is what I, my main point i guess is is what i'm trying to get at um and then on top of that um i just love the guy Hassan kim oh man he's just like the fact i, I feel like he's like the prospect that we really he's like he's like the prospect we want you know like he didn't come in our farm system or whatever but he came he started with us and he moved his way up, you know, and I think that's why we like him so much, you know, because he's just some different guy with a different background or whatever. But I think just because he he was our guy, you know, and we picked him and stuff like that. Um, but I think also expanding upon that point is that, you know, A.J. Preller is in quite a bind with financially. And I think that we are going to have to see A.J. Preller's scouting abilities really kind of play out this year. Um in terms of getting all these different prospects and in terms of just kind of utilizing the farm system that he has built in the last couple of years, I would not be surprised if we're going to see a lot of new names coming in the hitting order. Um, we've already seen that in the bullpen, but I mean, this is, this is where AJ Preller quote unquote is the best. He's a good scout, not a good general manager. So I think that we are going to see the antithesis of what his scouting abilities are able to do, I guess. And, We'll see. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, uh, you're, you're, you're right. I mean, because AJ this offseason, he doesn't have a ton to work with. And that's also part of like, you don't have a ton to work with. And these free agents, free agency prices, my goodness, this is not the offseason to not have a ton of money to work with <laughs> in, yeah. in free agency. So that's why I'm like, well, you have a valuable asset, which helps you win, but you have a valuable asset that you can fill that position with other guys that are playing out of position, by the way, at least one of them. You have a top prospect coming up. 
and you have a lot of holes on this team that you're probably not going to fill all of them to your level of you know satisfaction all in free agency if you because if we look at like the luxury tax right 237 padres they have like what a little over 30 million to spend or something like that whatever like or barely over 30 whatever it is um they just that, that's not a lot of room and if you want to add at the deadline let's say you need more room for that you can't just be like oh well we're at 236 to start the year you're going to need room to add to that if you want to stay under because it's calculated at the end of the season, not at the beginning. So the Padres might actually have less than what we're calculating here because they want to have a little bit of cushion, a little bit of room before the deadline. So again, that, that makes it even worse financially, free agency-wise. And pitching is what we're noticing here, right, as being expensive this offseason. And that's where the Padres definitely need more of. So it's just the trade route. And when you like Soto, they capitalized on it. And Kim, I think they have an opportunity to capitalize on it if the right return is there. I think they have to, with Soto, I felt like because of how much money he was making, it was kind of like, well, let's hope we get the best offer. But even if we don't, it, it, you're just probably going to have to deal with With yeah. Kim, I think you, because it's seven mil, I think you have to really weigh, okay, are we getting more back? in this deal than Kim's value or the flexibility and what we're getting back is that, does that help us more than Kim or does it not? And if it doesn't, then yeah, you can keep us on Kim. I'm not like at the, with Soto, I was more like trade him, like just get the best return that you can, but you, you got to deal him. That just yeah. has to happen with Kim. I'm not at that point. I'm just saying if you get the right return, I think it does make sense to sell him at peak value not because you're trying to rebuild this year, but because you're trying to reallocate this money into other spots of the roster. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a good point, definitely. Um, I think, yeah, the, the bind that they're the Padres are certainly in financially is uh, definitely one to figure out uh, how the chips are going to fall later on this later on this year. Um, but it's kind of interesting to put into perspective. I mean, this is going to be the fourth highest payroll in all paid in all Padres seasons, which is kind of nuts to even think about, you know, considering that like, you know, everyone's kind of looking at this with like utter confusion. Um, yeah. just like, you know, it's, it's very, I think just put, putting things in perspective is really kind of, um, humbling in a way, I guess. I don't know. It, it makes it makes you feel a little bit better, but I mean, that being said, I mean, it's how you utilize the money is the real question. Yeah. Um, what do you, I, I, I don't want to take up too much of your time, uh, but, um, I was wondering about your theory, I guess your thoughts on just like, the theory that the Padres are kind of withholding their big spending till next year in order for better starting pitching um, for later. Do you believe that? I mean, or is it more of like, is it compete now, it's, kind of compete for Pete, a, you know, kind of thing? It's, you know, a, like, it's a nice thing to believe in, I guess. I mean, I don't know. I, because, oh, we're waiting, we're waiting for the pitching and free agency to come next off season, but there's not going to be other big market teams that are going to want those guys. It's just going to, you know, the Padres are going to be in good position. I don't know how much I buy it. And don't we want these Robbie Snellings of the world to come up and be part of the rotation? And this year, it's not like we're in the Dodgers spot where it's like, no, it's okay. We can save and we're, we're still going to be a really good team. And they didn't have like 50 plus million dollar loans being reported, taking out. They didn't have a death of their chairman. And now there's questioning of does this new guy coming in care as much about the team? 
which mm-hmm. they don't. I mean, it's not a knock against Contenda, but no one did better than Peter Seidler. No one cared more about sure. actually winning. Um, but yeah, I, it's it's something that I'd like to believe. Like, yeah, they'll go spend on Corbin Burns or who's the Japanese pitcher, like Sasaki or something that he's. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know who you're talking. Yeah, I can't like, remember the name off the head, but yeah. Okay, so yeah, they'll. It's nice to think, but what the Mets when they're trying to actually go win, not this next year, but the year after that, they're not going to try to go do that. The Dodgers or the Giants or the Phillies or the Yankees or the Red Sox or other teams that are kind of waiting here because they're yeah. not in the best position. It's just going to be the Padres. Going to be they're going to be in the spot to just you know go do it. I want to believe that they maybe they'll get one of those guys, but I don't see them doing like a Dodgers where they're intentionally doing this to save for next offseason. To me, yeah. it's like because what I'm reading is well, no, like Major League Baseball is like, no, present us a plan where you're getting your money down so that you can be okay and not be requesting loans from us. I think that's what I'm seeing. And I just, yeah, it's great to reset the luxury tax because you don't want to be giving up the draft picks and the money that you have to pay if you go over again, like resetting is good. There's good things for it, but that they're going to go spend on Shane Bieber or spend on Corbin Burns. I don't know how much I believe that. Yeah. I mean, I think I've been, I'm in the camp of uh, they are kind of taking stock in what they have, I think is a big thing Um, because if you take a look at last, last season or whatever, what was so disappointing about it? I think August for me was a big momentous moment where when we needed Tatis, Machado, and Xander Bogarts and Juan Soto to really, really kind of like get us back into it and hopefully get over 500, they failed. And yeah. you know, Joe Joe Musgrove was Joe Musgrove was out. Yu Darvish was kind of experiencing some pain. He wasn't being as sharp as he used to be. We're pulling up Matt Waldron and Pat Pedro Avila in order to fill out that fourth and five hole. But you know, at the end of the day, I, I think the Padres are kind of like taking a look and they say like, well, first off, our guys need to be our guys again. And I don't think then this is, and I think there might be a theory or a thought or uh, an opinion, I guess, my opinion, but uh, that the, they kind of are doing like the Rangers, Texas Rangers model, where uh, basically you have like mediocre pitching, super, super cheap. You know, they're not the best, but they're not the worst. And we just have guys on our lineup that just freaking mash. And that's, and if it doesn't matter if you have a shaky guy in the bullpen who has a runner on, you know, second and third or something like that. If you're up five runs, you're in a better position than you were at the beginning of this game. So, you know, there is a possibility that that could be the, the route that they want to take. But again, it's more of like everyone seems to be doing these these offers and yet the Padres are still cold no matter what. But we'll see. I, I wouldn't be surprised if AJ Preller has some trick or something up his sleeve where he's been working on it for, you know, two years or something. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, John Morosi just tweeted, the Padres have offered left-handed pitcher Yuki Matsui a contract. Source confirmed San Diego has been looking for relievers with the ability to close. Matsui is coming off a career-high 39 saves with the Golden Eagles in 2023. So I hit on him a little bit earlier, like really good numbers in Japan these past three years. And this is, you know, Robert Suarez was not from Major League Baseball when Preller acquired him, but I guess, you know, all Mercy says here, the ability to close. So it's not that big of a deal, but I'm also like, well, why are you, why'd you pay Suarez all that money then? If you're looking for a guy that, Oh, ability to close shouldn't Suarez be that guy. 
And then you have Matsui and you have De Los Santos. It doesn't hurt. I'm probably overreacting to it. It, it doesn't hurt to have someone that has the ability to close. Yeah. Um, but like, so, so if they had Matsui, Cosgrove, um, De Los Santos, Wilson, Suarez. Yeah, I'm not going to count on him. Um, that's a pretty good group of relievers there. Probably, probably wants another one, but remember there's Johnny Brito, there's Randy Vasquez that might not be in the rotation. They could be in the bullpen. So that's, that seems like a pretty solid bullpen there for losing Nick Martinez and you're going to lose Josh Hader. Um, that's you lost Luis Garcia. I'm trying to think of some other, um, oh, uh, Tim Hill, Tim Hill. Yeah, Tim Hill. Um, ah, dang. I like Tim Hill. Uh, yeah, well, he might come back. I, I don't know what his free agent market's going to look like. Um, yeah. So, yeah, Yuki Matsuri, I mean, it's a interesting name for sure. Someone that has great stats, but I don't know how that's going to translate over to the big leagues. But, you know, Preller, we talk about scouting. This is what he's really good at. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's it's kind of, I would argue that it's the only reason he's keep he still has a job, quite frankly, is because he's been able to build up a farm system for the last two years even after we traded our big guys for Soto. Um, and I think he does, I mean, he sees talent. There's no doubt about it. I mean, if you look at the overall trading history of AJ Preller, I mean, it's not all doom and gloom. You know, we definitely have acquired some big names and some big talent that are currently on our roster today. Um, and so, I mean, there is there is a certain value to AJ Preller, but I don't know. We'll see. It's, it's more of a wait and see. I mean, 2023 had such high expectations. And we'll, 2024 is like, We'll see what happens. Who knows? We'll roll the dice, you know? We'll hopefully be in, we'll get that wild card spot. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. All right, John, thank you so much for the time. Appreciate it. Go back to writing your essay. Have fun. <laughs> uh, all right. I think that's going to do it. Talking for ours, episode 541. We'll see what happens with this Yuki Matsui news. If there's any news, Either I'll do another episode today or I'll do a video. We shall see. San Diego State, they are back in action tonight against St. Catherine. I think it's on your view, San Diego Sports 760 on the radio. Um, And then they play Stanford on Thursday. So tonight, kind of a tune-up game there. Thank you, everyone, in the chat, in the comments for your time. I really do appreciate it. SeatGeek, code talking fires, $20 off your order. Please use that to your advantage and underdog fantasy 100% deposit match up to $100 breaking tea and FOCO. It's getting late. So you maybe a little bit too late to get breaking tea and FOCO, but maybe a, uh, uh, a late Christmas gift if you forgot, or you can just say, Hey, you know, it didn't get here on time. Not my fault. I can't control when the package arrives, but FOCO has some good Padres bobbleheads breaking tea. Shirts, sweatshirts, Padres, Aztecs, Wave. And then Gaglione Bros, main sponsor of the show. Best cheesesteaks and garlic fries in San Diego. Great lunch, dinner spot. They're at Peco Park inside Snapdragon Stadium. They're on Friars Road, main location. Click the link in the description there for the website. All right. Thank you, everyone. Have a great rest of your day. See ya.